You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. Welcome back to the New Day of Hope broadcast. I'm your host, Helena Langley. And I'm Glennis Langley. We are so glad that you've joined us one more time. And we know that your heart will be blessed because there is a word from the Lord. Amen. So this would be a very good time, my friends, for you to call a neighbor, call a friend, and let them know that the New Day of Hope broadcast is on the air. So come join us today and be blessed. Well, indeed, that there is a word from the Lord. Today we would love to go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, and I'd like to read a few verses by way of connection here today. Let me read from verses 25 to 33. He says, And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother, and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intended to build a tower, seateth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Less happily, after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, and all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish it. Or what king, going to make war against another king, seateth not down first and consulteth whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him, with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassador and desire conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciples. What a great portion of the word of the Lord. For the next few minutes, my dear friends, love to talk to you about Following the Christ who demands everything. Following the Christ who demands everything. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 11 tells us that everything that's in heaven and in earth belongs to the Lord. In fact, the scripture says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Christ, in these verses, directing his discourse to the multitudes that crowded him, that seems zealous in following him. So in his exhortation to them, he made them understand the terms of discipleship before they undertook the profession of discipleship. He shows how zealous people were in their attendance of Christ. Verse 25 says, 
there went great multitude with him. Many went with him because, my friends, they truly loved him. It's like today. Many people are following Christ because they truly love him. We used to sing earlier, Oh, how I love Jesus. And there are people without a doubt today who are still in love with Jesus. They are following him because they truly love him. Others went for curiosity sake, like today also. People go to church, some not because they really love the Lord, not some people, but they go because of uh, curiosity sake. They want to see what this person or that person is wearing. Or sometimes, because I have a brand new suit, I want everybody to see my suit. So, And that is the wrong reason for going to worship a true and a living God, because your motive is not right. Some went because they had heard about the water turning to wine. They heard about the loaves and they heard about the fish. They heard about the healing of the blind man. And so because of all of that, they were going expecting to see something happen or to get something themselves. So Christ told them something that would really prove how sincere they were. He said, if you are going to follow me, watch this now. If you are going to follow me, you must count upon the worst and prepare accordingly. He told them what the worst is in verse 26. He said they must be willing to quit that which was very dear to them. And therefore must come to him thoroughly weaned from all their creature comfort. And my friends, if you are going to follow Christ, that sometimes you have to put some things away, put some things aside so you can follow him wholeheartedly. So in comparison to one's devotion to Christ, one's family ties must be secondary. So we see Christ in his first demands on them, his first demands on all of us today. He demands, first of all, our priority. So the question today is, where is your priority. Christ, my friends, must reign because he is our king. He is our master. So for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. Therefore, he can demand my priority. Joshua had his, uh, knew what his priority was. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That means that is the first thing in his life. That is an important element in his life. I want to serve the Lord. Would to God today that more of us would be like that and we would be able to say without a doubt that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Listen, man. Absolute loyalty to Christ is number one in our lives. Absolute loyalty to Christ is number one in our lives. There is a song that we 
we used to sing is loyalty, loyalty to Christ. We'll move at his command. We'll soon possess the land with loyalty, loyalty to Christ. It ranks higher than anything else in our lives. Then we see Christ demanding your praise. He demands our praise. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. In Psalms 150, the psalmist had the right idea of the demand of Christ. He said, we must praise God in his sanctuary. We must praise God in his mighty acts. We must praise him for his power. In fact, my friends, he said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. He said, everything that have breath. So in the morning when, when the birds are outside and doing their thing and, and you hear them singing away, sometimes I think that they are really praising God for providing food for them and shelter for them. I tell you, man, I mean, if God cares for the sparrows, he cares for you. In Psalms 149 and verse 6, he says, let the high praises of God be in your mouth. The high praises, the hallelujahs, and the glory to God, and the bless the Lord, my friends. The psalmist says, let that be in your mouth, because God is worthy, man. He woke you up this morning. That is something you can shout hallelujah for. He didn't have to do that, but thank God he did. He provided for you food on your table, roof over your head, clothes on your back, shoes on your feet, good family, good friends. My friends, you have something to shout about today. You have a reason, a real reason, a true reason to give God the glory for. That you are alive, man, and you are well. And even if you have some pain in your body, we all do. That is no reason for us to stop praising God. Praise is what we should be doing. It should be who we are. Therefore, circumstances and situations should never stop our praise. Let me say that one more time because that's important. I said circumstances and situations should never stop our praise. I know how we are. We love to complain about about everything while we are complaining about oh it's too hot it's too cold too much rain too much sun and the list goes on and on of our complaints just think of somebody somewhere who doesn't really have anything at all but yet they are praising the name of the lord then we see how he demands our purse and that's the one that nobody really wants to listen to because people once once you start talking about your purse not for me, I do not need it, but I'm talking about the, the work of the Lord. The scripture says, watch this now, that the tithes belongs to the Lord. And I am one who can talk about that boldly because I firmly believe in giving God what is rightfully God. And because of that, God has tremendously blessed me, you know. He has blessed me because I do what the scripture is telling me to do. The scripture says that the tithe belongs to the Lord. 
So in order to excuse ourselves, guess what we say? We say that God doesn't need our money. God, we say, but, it, but it's not yours. It belongs to the Lord. It is the Lord's. He is the very same God who said in Malachi 3, watch this, that we must bring all the tithes into the storehouse. He said that there may be meat in my house. God is telling us that we must bring the tithes into his storehouse. So uh, we sometimes say, oh, that's an Old Testament doctrine and it is not for us today. I rebuke that spirit and that mentality because that is not so. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. If that's your mentality, if that's the way you think, then you need to read 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 6 to 12. Then we see how he demands your life. He demands your life and he demands my life. Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20, watch this now. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ is the one who is living in me. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ. I no longer live, but Christ is the one who is really living in me. The old sinful life no longer asserts authority over me because Christ lives in me. He cultivates within me his own desires. He cultivates within me his own virtues and character and power. I am bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. So now I am able to sing my life, my love, I give to thee. How happy then my life shall be, my friends. He demands your life. He demands everything about us because he is Christ, he is master, he is king, he is Lord, he is the alpha, he is the omega, he is the beginning and he is the end. He has the authority to demand our life. Then he demands your love. The scripture reminds us to see that we love the Lord your God with all your heart. He asked Peter the question, Peter, do you really love me? He is still asking the same of all of us today. Do you really love me? Christ had a message for the church at Ephesus because they had left their first love. And he's asking them to go back and find that first love. That word is still alive today for all of us. Uh, do you love the Lord? Do you really love uh, the Lord that much to serve him with all your heart and with all your, your mind and with all your soul and to really turn your life over to him completely and to surrender your all to him? Do you really love the Lord? We ought to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, my friends. God has truly been good to all of us. Then he demands your time. He demands our time. We do have time for pleasure. Oh, yes, man. We have time for business. But our time for Christ is really limited. Ah, uh, the song says, room and time 
we must now give to Jesus. Paul said in Ephesians 5, 14 through 16, we must redeem the time because the days are really evil, my friends. The days are evil. We must buy back the time because time is precious. Time is money and money is time. So we must redeem that time and, and serve the Lord with, with gladness. We are so wrapped up and tied up and tangled up with the cares of this life to the point that there is no room for the master. Don't be too much in a hurry. Take time, my friends, to, to spend time with, for the master, to give him your, your time, give up your best. To the master. Then he demands our talent. A talent is a gift or ability that God has given to everyone a gift according to the measure of his faith. You have a gift in you that God has given to you because that's what the Bible says. He gives every man a gift according to the measure of his faith. Sometimes we make excuses for not using our talents for the Lord. Oh, but the song says, if you have a talent, you must use it for the Lord. Remember, my friends, we must give of our best to the master. We must give him the strength of our youth, my friend. While you have that youthfulness in you, you can give God that youthfulness. Serve God with your talent. We all have something that you can do for the master. Everybody will never be a, a preacher. But whatever you have the talent to do, do it as unto the Lord. Because at the day of judgment, when God begins to reward us, he's not going to reward you because you should be doing something else that he did not call you to do. He gave you a talent that you have to use for his honor and for his glory. Then he demands your service. You are now a soldier in the army of the Lord. Your church needs you. And I want to say that one more time. I said, you are now a soldier in the army of the Lord. Your church, my friends, needs you. The ministry needs you. The Bible tells us that the harvest is plenteous. But the laborers are few. I heard a voice saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Would you be an Isaiah? And say, my friends, Here am I, Lord, send me. Would you follow the Christ who demands everything in our lives? I love serving the Lord. And you can tell that I love serving God because I know serving God really pays. So I came today to challenge you to follow the Christ who demands everything in your life and watch him change your life and watch him make you what he wants you to be. So God bless you today, my friends, in his wonderful name. Praise the Lord, following the Christ that demands everything, not just something, but everything, because he is God of everything, and everything we know belongs to Him. Praise God. Amen. You know, my friends, we never bring our broadcast to a close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. 
As my wife just said, he's the Christ who demands everything. And as we follow him, he demands our talent, our time, our tithes, our everything. If we would turn a new leaf and turn our lives over to him and let him take control of our lives, then our lives will be blessed. Father, we thank you and we praise your holy name for your words today. We ask that you speak to hearts and challenge all of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And if you were challenged by today's word, we encourage you to reach out to us at New Dear Hope Atlanta. Once again, that's New Dear Hope Atlanta at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook. So until then, go and follow the Christ who demands everything.